ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Welcome in. It is the Friday, April 1st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We are going to take your phone calls this hour. 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Our phone lines brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. It is made pure. Our text line is also open this hour. 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. And, of course, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Paul Swan. we got a lot to get into today. Thundering Herd on the field, defeating Charlotte today. Did I read that right? 11-4? Pretty good day for the Thundering Herd. So, Megan Smith-Lyon on the program yesterday. Today gets the victory, 11-4. So, Chris Grassy is going to be on the show today. Tomorrow, taking on Ohio State. Will there be a win? We're going to start charting that, but I think so. You come on the show, you get a win. Of course, watch us try to do that, get Coach Huff in here in person every week, and then football goes 6-6. Six and six. That'll blow that out completely. Okay, now before we continue, I'm not saying Marshall's going 6-6. Six and six. That'll be on the message boards and Twitter here in 30 seconds. Swan saying we're going to go six and six. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm not saying that. Let's just be careful here. Let's not, let's not go there. So how are you guys doing? Got the weekend coming up. We've got, of course, uh, some opportunities for you to go support the soccer team, opportunities to support tennis, some opportunities, of course, to go support softball. Uh, the men are on the road. And baseball, so you don't have a chance there, but plenty of opportunities for you to go out and maybe if you've got an afternoon free, you can go out to softball tomorrow or Sunday. You can go out after church, or if you've got something going on before, you can go out a little after that. So plenty of opportunities. I mean, the weather, it's schizophrenic today. I drove in and it was snowing and sleeting, and it's now pretty, pretty nice looking outside. Feels pretty good as well. So crazy weather here we're having today here in the greater Huntington metropolitan area. But hopefully that will hold and we've got plenty of opportunity to go and support their herd. And, of course, you know, all this doesn't matter because the the Marshall football team's practicing indoors. Thundering herd knowing that it's kind of crazy weather out there right now. I think eventually we'll see more of the herd outdoors again because I think with – a focus on maybe getting them an outdoor field or two. You can mix that up a little bit better. I remember years ago when Mark Snyder and Rich Rodriguez were speaking midfield, talking to each other and, you know, talking about some of the things, talking about the turf and talking about the fact that, hey, I uh, I just have one, I have I practice right here. This is for the, the indoor was even a, a dream, a reality of a dream. I mean, wouldn't it be great? You could go out and practice on the grass. I mean, Coach Huff kind of talked about that a little bit uh, last year before the season started. I believe he was talking to the Board of Governors. Like, he thought, hey, you know, we could really use maybe maybe a, a practice field, a grass practice field, not just practice on turf, have an opportunity to go out and, and practice on grass as well as turf. So, you know, maybe that's kind of something we're going to see here in the future. 
I know Coach Huff was talking about space. I think they just want to figure out you know, how to better use their space in the indoor practice facility. I don't know what they could possibly come up with to you know, rearrange a few things, but I'm sure that's somewhere in someone's notebook right now. Hey, here are some ideas, and I think the outdoor practice fields would be great. I mean, maybe you have a sort of a – you see a lot of these universities, hey, this is our indoor practice field, and it looks like a, a, a beautiful giant canopy over a field which technically I guess it's indoors. You get a roof, it's, it's, maybe it's indoors. It's open air. It's indoors and open air. But you know, maybe Marshall could have something like that, maybe an outside practice space, maybe with a canopy. I don't know. You can find some ways to, to really do some nice things here. You could have a nice outdoor space as well to, to do some events when not in use, of course. Maintaining grass fields takes people takes experts you got to have the right prescription grass you got to have the right mix of water and you got to have the right mix of of fertilizer and you got to go out there and and cut it to a certain length and you got to make sure the surface is is level or however you like it it's and there are people who make lots of money in major league baseball for example taking care of the grass so that would be cool though i know we deviated just a little bit got into talking about practice facility you know the the grass field though those are those are going to happen after we get the world's largest college football scoreboard that's the fields come after the scoreboard i'm still curious to see what ultimately happens once the the temporary i still think they're temporary they look temporary the metal bleachers i hate them i just flat out hate them when those go up i'm going to be there hopefully Swinging a hammer, knocking some of that stuff down. Let me, let me be operating the crane or whatever. I want to take a shot at those things. I have not liked those. Day one, I've not liked those. So when, when Christian Spears said, "Yeah, hey, we want to take those out, do some things over there," I'm like, "Yes, yes, you, you've been listening to people talk about me, and they know that's on my win-win list." So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. But you know, could you have some? Luxury suites over there. Could you have, you know, the party deck, the scoreboard, maybe have some luxury suites, do something like Southern Miss's end zone. That would be cool. I think that would be really attractive to see what they come up with, what they maybe put together. And I think you're going to see here in the next few years, you're going to see the facilities get a, a nice refresh because. Southern Miss is going to be updating facilities. You know Charlotte's going to be updating facilities when it goes into the American. UAB is going to be trying to keep their facilities fresh when it goes into the American. And Southern Miss going into the Sun Belt with Marshall. Old Dominion is going to try to keep facilities fresh. So Marshall's got to keep things fresh. I mean, you know the Shuey got some really nice work inside. And hopefully you can see more happen there. So these are some things that are really going to be coming up. And, of course, you know, I think – Practice fields would be great as well. Has to practice fields for everybody. All right, I'm spending a lot of money. Grass, that's going to be something on the pitch for Marshall Soccer. Grass. Chris Grassy, who is fond of grass fields, he joins us on the other side of the break. We're going to talk to him about Marshall taking on Ohio State. Of course, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, World Cup draw. Ryan Sirk is not here today. So we're going to talk soccer, his favorite topic. 
Jaden is here. Jaden Taylor, whose favorite sub- subject is not soccer. And we're going to talk about that. So, well, I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to talk NBA. That's his favorite subject. I know that. But we are going to talk soccer. So Chris Grassy coming up on the other side of the break. We'll get your phone calls and texts in as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the transfer portal. I do want to mention, and we'll get your comments on I already got some people commenting on Twitter. Uh, Savannah Wheeler posting something on Twitter today. She was wearing number four. They just happened to have a number four in her size. Number four, Middle Tennessee University. Middle Tennessee State University basketball jersey, and she was sporting that. So she's staying in Conference USA, it looks like. Again, that the words, I am committed to Middle Tennessee, not uttered from her, but you know the photos with her sporting the jersey, uh, that's almost good enough for me. Chris Grassi on the other side of the break. This is The Drive at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Friday, April 1st edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I know it's April Fool's Day, but we're not going to do any of that, especially with our next guest. I want to welcome to the program now. He is the head coach of the Marshall Men's Soccer Program, Chris Grassi. And I know that the stipulation was that Ryan Sirk was not to be here today if you would make an appearance. He is not here, Coach, so your stipulation has been honored. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. What a pain he is. I mean, I kind of believe you put me through that, so I'm happy you got rid of him. <laughs> Just kidding. No, you, no, you're not kidding. He is a pain. What are you talking about? <laughs> he is a pain. No, he's a good guy. Uh, you did well yeah. on him. So we got a big match to talk about. Marshall taking on Ohio State, and yeah, you know, I'll ask you this: Is it a bigger deal that Ohio State is playing Marshall, or that Marshall's playing Ohio State? How does that work uh, as far as the dynamic there? Because you know, I would think that Ohio State coming to Huntington, yeah, you know, it's a bigger deal for them to get to play you. Um, I'd agree with that. No, I wouldn't want to give them any. Uh ammunition before the game but I would say you know obviously with us being you know recent national champions and having a lot more success recently I feel like we're you know for them it's they're going to come you know playing a, a you know a, a better program I guess for what over the last uh, sort of four or five years so I think it'll be a bigger game for them but you know they're a, obviously a very well-funded team and, and from a big university so I think um, you know if it was other sports it would be the other way around maybe but for us I think you know, we have to take this game and looking at it as a game we, we should win. You mentioned they're better funded. That would be something that would be nice for you to always have you know, enough funding to do everything you want to do. But, you know, what is it – what do you think maybe the, the difference here is? Because I would think that a program that can just throw a lot of money at something would be ultimately successful. But, as you mentioned, you've got the better track record in history right now um, – is soccer, is it fair to say if you're properly funded, it doesn't matter if uh, a school comes in that's bigger? You know, there's always a, a chance for a school like Marshall to be, as you know, we've seen, competitive and win a national championship. It doesn't matter university size or funding. How long is this show? Um, you got as much time as you need, but, you know, if you need 20 or 30, we can, we can take it. Uh, it's So there's... A, there's... There's tons of issues that that go into that. I think one of the 
one of the things in our sport is we have an, an equivalency. So we're not a head count sport like football or basketball where it's a full ride or nothing. We have an equivalency. Um, we're an equivalency sport, which means for scholarships, we have 9.9 scholarships that you can divide across the entire group of players sort of in any one given year. So, you know, that's through your seniors, your juniors and all of that. So kind of balancing that money in terms of resource management is, is one of the hugest factors in, in, you know, teams being successful and definitely in our success. And the other, you know, the other thing that comes into play, you know, for the bigger schools is, is well, I'm just going to put in quotations here, funny money. So that's academic scholarships, that's financial aid packages, that's cost of attendance now. And even uh, it's, you know, what's happening this year is Alston money. So the, the Supreme Court Alston case, which, you know, basically allowed schools to give athletes an extra $6,000 on top of that, you know, so immediately all of the Power 5 schools just jump right in there and, and give, you know, some of them give only scholarship athletes, some of them have given all athletes an extra $6,000, so immediately we're competing with that, which is sort of crazy money for us, so I'm not definitely complaining, I mean, we are very well looked after at Marshall, you know, it was one of the reasons I chose this job five years ago was I felt like we had enough resources to, to make a big noise and to and to do some to do some big things because we were fully funded with the with the nine point nine and obviously we've had the backing of you know previous athletic directors and the current athletic director and the whole community you know and so I definitely don't think we are the have nots in this scenario but we're definitely sort of at the top of that mid major level but there are you know resources being pumped into programs that um, you know you you sort of classes as power five schools everybody has their own you know I guess their own paradigm to, to look at so they've got you know you've got academic you know institutions that are harder to get into you've got schools that offer more academic money less academic money more Alston money more cost of attendance less you know in those categories some schools have you know Virginia and some of the SEC schools the private schools have great financial aid packages so so any kid under a certain you know family income can can go for free and, and could be a fantastic player it doesn't cost a penny of the school scholarship, so you kind of you have all of these logistical challenges that you don't have in football and basketball, where you, it's, it's essentially everybody's on a full ride anyway. Um, and obviously, football have their own program problems. I don't want to you know get into that with you know the the NIL money and the the sort of deals you have to be offering players to, or you have to be able to provide for players or coaches aren't really supposed to be able to provide them, but the community around the university can provide NIL opportunities, and obviously they have their own problems. But for men's soccer. It's entirely sort of resource management and, and how far can you stretch your 9.9 with additional academic scholarships and financial aid packages and things like that to be able to get, you know, 16, 17, 18 top, top players competing on the field and, and able to help you. And, you know, in 2021, when we did that, we were, we were you know, really dialed in. We had support with the, through the COVID year from, from the university. We had you know, really set of good players. We obviously lost a player um, who left the left the roster early. Um, and, and many teams did too with, you know, MLS kind of drafting in the middle of the year. Some players left school. So it kind of became a little bit more of an equal playing field that year. And then that was one of the one of the reasons that, you know, we were able to uh, do so well. I mean, one of the many factors, but there are a ton of logistical challenges that go into it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think, Power five schools can throw a lot more money at the problem um, with, you know, funny money than 
and the, the teams that are successful are able to harness that and have a good logistical base to you know build from. Then it comes down to coaching and culture and you know all of the all of the great things about the sport that we love. But once you you know it's like the salary cap. You know when it's level, it's even. You know it, you kind of have a a really great competition that comes down to coaching and culture building and you know why Belichick was so successful in the NFL for so long and um, you know teams are are able whereas you know soccer and on college sports are a little bit more like Major League Baseball where you know you can kind of have the bigger salaries and bigger resources and you tend to win. Chris Grassi is I'll with me. There. Hey, that was pretty good. You, you and we still have plenty of time in the show, so that was pretty good. <laughs> Chris Grassi is my guest. I I want to talk a little bit more about your situation with uh, new athletic director, but I want to save that just for a moment because I really want to get into what we can expect tomorrow. Ohio State, we know the name. We just went over you know, Power 5 school versus Group of 5 school. But when we get down to this tomorrow, you know, what can we see from the team itself? What What are you expecting and, and what are you looking to get out of this one tomorrow? Well, for us, you know, we're in that, the college spring league, so there's a trophy to be won. We we haven't won this trophy before, so I'm very interested and and hopeful of winning it. I mean, it's a it's probably my second priority right now with the, with the team. The first being, you know, winning a national championship in the fall. Um, but this is something that, you know, we're treating very seriously. We want to win it, and we're working very hard to win it. Um, for us, it's you know, we've lost you know since May last year, we've lost sort of six starters. Um, so we, you know, we have to replace that. We have to have guys step up. We have to be able to do some different things. So we're, there's an opportunity to see, you know, the next the next group of talented players at, at Marshall, you know, take the field. And some of those guys are trying to earn their spot in the spring, you know, before our recruits come in in the fall. The spring is a great uh, opportunity for them to step into a position and make it their own. You know, they've got the jersey, so it's theirs to theirs to lose. And so we're seeing some some pretty good things. We're going to experiment with. You know, one or two different formations and shapes and patterns of play. I think it's it's with so many new players in, it's trying to develop that familiarity, that rhythm of play. You know, trying to teach, trying to break down again what we, you know, what everybody who from that national championship team what they knew in their bones. You know, you try and break it down and explain it again and build it from the ground up again. Some things we throw out, some things we we change and tweak. And so, I'm I'm interested to see how it all kind of starts to fit together. Um, Obviously, we played against Dayton. We played very well on the defensive side of the ball. I thought the guys were sort of magnificent in their uh, defensive effort and, and shape and tactics. We need to improve on the other side of the ball um, in, in retaining possession. So I'm looking to see that. You know, and Ohio State beat Louisville in their first game as well. So this is the two sort of top teams in the league right now in this mini sort of four-team league. So this is really who whoever wins this is going to be in the driver's seat for... Um, being top of the group and playing in that final. So it's it's kind of a big game. And, you know, we know Ohio State will be, you know, it'll be tough and they'll be well organized. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do against against that at a, on our home pitch. And the great thing about this is uh, we get to do this again next year, next year, next year, next year. So I think really that's the exciting thing about that, as you mentioned. Uh, this is something that, you know, we get here in, in these spring months and you're playing for a trophy. Everybody wants to play for a trophy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's one of the, you know, the philosophies of our program is if there's a trophy, we've got to try our best to win it. We shoot for excellence, right? So if it's a, a trophy to be an academic All-American or to win an academic award or if it's a, 
um, you know, Player of the Year, All American, National Championship, Conference trophies. Like we, we want to win them all. You know, that's that's why we're here. That's that's the philosophy of the program is to be excellent, to to shoot for that, to aspire to that. So here's an opportunity. There's a trophy on the line. We we have to go and try our hardest to win it. So hopefully we can uh, we can live up to that. Chris Grassi's with me. Marshall's taking on Ohio State now. Uh, is this going to be a regular format? Is there going to be uh, anything maybe different from what we usually see during a match? No, it's, it's, it'll be college rules. Um, the only thing that's different is if there is a tie, we will go immediately to penalty kicks. So just to separate the winner. So the you get one point for the tie, and then the, whoever wins the penalty kick will get the extra point to make it uh, two points to try and make the to try and, to try and differentiate the teams, and so we don't have as as much chance of having a three-way tie or a two-way tie for the um, for the, the top spot since we only have, you know, three group games. Chris Grassi's with me. So that's coming up, and, of course, there's other matches that are coming up as well, so this is going to be really fun. And then once this is done, we can start thinking about your new home and the Sun Belt. It is official now, so everything can start being put together what can you tell us so far about what the shape of the league's going to look like? Are you anywhere close to that yet? Uh, yeah. So we are going to have one of the best, most competitive, high-end leagues in the in the country. We're very, very excited about it. There's been a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, so it's it's ourselves, ODU, obviously moving across. Jamie, you're joining. Coastal Carolina, which, you know, I think every year, but last year they've been, for the last sort of 20 years, they've been in the NCAA tournament. They're a very good team. Georgia State last few years have been the NCAA tournament, very good team. And then we're going to add University of Kentucky, West Virginia, South Carolina are all coming with us uh, across to the conference. And then hopefully we can add UCF in in 23, which is still sort of unconfirmed. I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing, so I'm speaking out of school a little bit. But that's the idea is to have the four remaining Power 5 schools who don't have a conference play in our conference. And, you know, we've, we've kind of, as we put our heads together, it's like how can we make this you know, a top three, you know, power soccer conference in the country. And, and I think we've been able to do that now. So it's going to be exciting. So make sure I get this right. UK, West Virginia, South Carolina, all joining you. UCF yep. possibly in 2023. And you know, we'll put tentative there. Uh, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion. Did you say Southern Miss, right? Southern Miss. No, no, Southern Miss don't have a men's Okay, so team. they're not forming one yet. Or do you know if they're maybe looking into it? Uh, I don't know if they're looking into it. And they have other schools, you know, obviously in the Sun Belt that don't have men's soccer. So, I mean, obviously I would encourage, I'm a big fan of men's soccer. I would encourage every, any AD to, in the Sun Belt to, to start a program because, you know, you're going to be joining one of the one of the best conferences in the country immediately. You sort of, you know, I know it's not the, the power five for football, but it's definitely sort of the top three uh, in, in, in men's soccer. So it's, it, it would be a, a prestigious ad in that sport if they were to start a men's soccer program. James Madison is the other one. Uh, JMU is the other school. And they've, they've been very good over the last few years in the Colonial. Sounds like it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait. This sounds um, sounds like it's going to be really exciting. And now that uh, we've got this put to rest and you can move forward after, you know, you win the you win the trophy, you beat Ohio State, move on, win the trophy here. Uh, I'm planning your week and your month for you here. Now um, – Appreciate that. I'm sure you've had several conversations with new Marshall Athletic Director, 
Christian Spears. Uh, he's talked about with me a couple of times the his win, win, you know, when this happens, you know, winning can happen. Um, he really hasn't outlined too much about what maybe he's talked about with you. Is there anything um, you know you can share that is on your high priority list to, to try to you know, get done? I, I know we've talked about a grass field before, so I'm sure that's on your list. But you know, are there some things that maybe you've you've got some good ideas about? how you can improve soccer, seating, capacity, anything like that? Yeah, and I think the first thing, we've, we've, we've had some good conversations and, you know, spent a couple of hours talking to him, which, which is great. And, and then he came right back the next day to kind of follow up on a few issues, which, is, which has been amazing. You know, I've, I've really felt sort of his value of the men's soccer program, and I'm, I'm sure he's making everybody feel that way, but I really did feel like he had a vision and a plan and a, and a place for us and wants to support us to, you know, continue to try and compete and win national championships. So, I definitely got that impression. As we talked, you know, it was win-win. I said, well, you know, we, we've won, so we're kind of good. But my big fear right now, as I mentioned earlier, is, is, is sort of in recruiting is the Alston money because that's just, you know, cash that, that people can throw on top of, a, of an offer, you know. So if all things being equal, they have a bigger sort of pot, you know, chips to push into the table, which, you know, sometimes well, that'll make it difficult to, to recruit. That's my big fear right now. So I'd like to see us do something on Alston money and, and maybe increase that cost of attendance a little bit because those are the, you know, those are the sort of the, I guess, the the teams that we're competing against, the recruits that we're competing against all over the globe now. Um, and the world just keeps getting smaller and smaller. And you see, and, you know, different coaches, you know, places I used to be by myself and, and now there's, there's four, five, six coaches and, and the, the smaller showcases that, you know, used to have 10 coaches that now have 70, 80 coaches at. So it's it's definitely getting smaller, the world. So that Alston money for me would be the sort of the top priority, um, just from a recruiting standpoint, from a, you know, from a, a facility standpoint, the grass field would be amazing to, to get there, to get a grass practice pitch, obviously, because you'd just tear up a grass game field if we were training on it every day. Um, we have a lot of fans, you know, we... we um, we have fans who stand around the fields, who stand at field level, stand on the grass every every day, and it would be nice to have a facility to that can that encompass them. You know, what I've said is my dream would be a, a, a facility that could host five thousand people that when we play WVU, but would feel full with two thousand people. You know, so we, we we kind of need to extend our hospitality to our fans, and we've had some amazing fans, and they just keep we keep getting more fans and. You know, we want to make sure they have a fun environment. You know, and we sell beer down here now, which is, which is fantastic for the the atmosphere and, and making it a more fun event. And I think if we just can continue to enhance our hospitality with with, uh, you know, a new stadium or a new stand on the um, on the far side of the field, and then eventually get to a grass pitch would would be amazing. And I think you know, for our student athletes, if we can, obviously, if we can get them Alston money, that sort of stuff would help make it. A better experience for them, but I think if we can sort of increase our, uh, I guess our facilities here at uh, at the vet, at Hoops Family Field, where we could have you know a weight room for the players and we can have a video room for the players and that sort of stuff, so they can just increase their experience or make their experience better and make us teaching the game easier and 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 kind of put them in situations where they can you know sit in a video room comfortably and watch you know watch video because we do so much video now these days. Um, those sort of things would be would be super helpful. So that was that was kind of on my list, and I don't think it's anything that's a bridge too far. You know, obviously a lot of it. I think everybody's, you know, if you give everybody a blank check, they would definitely be able to, you know, <laughs> increase increase their their program and increase their capacity a little bit. And we we would, you know, we would like the same. But 
you know, we're not, we're definitely not complaining. We're definitely not, you know, feeling like we're hard done by or anything because we've we've had enough support to obviously go out and win it. So we just want to tweak a few things here and there, and you know, increase the the experience for our student athletes and and increase our hospitality for our fans. Luxury boxes. I didn't hear you say luxury boxes. Oh, hey, you know, I think I think three or four luxury boxes would sell like hotcakes, to be honest. But that's just me. And large scoreboard. He, he was talking about he wants a huge scoreboard for football. I, I mean, I'm thinking what's uh, good for football is good for soccer. I'm just saying. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, scoreboard, a video board would be amazing, you know, so we could use it to instantly hook up um, our, our speedio cameras. We have these cameras around the field that, you know, we use for teaching. We could instantly stop training, put it up on the scoreboard and teach them, and you've kind of got that instant um instant correction moment or, or that teaching moment uh, becomes such more uh, so much more viable to, to the, the players and, and to their understanding that that would just I mean that would from just a, from a teacher's aspect from a coach's aspect that would be amazing and obviously the fan experience to be able to see replays and um, to be able to see the game up there on the on the TV would would just increase their experience at the game joining us on the program the head coach of the Marshall soccer team Chris Grassi uh, I'm looking forward to this conference now yeah, is this a good number? I know I was mentioning some teams that you know because Sun Belt had hit soccer before on the men's side, and you know teams moving on, teams you know being associate members. Is this a pretty good number you think for a league uh, for the league so far? You know to to be a top tier league and still be competitive with nine teams. Yeah, I think nine teams, nine or ten teams is is perfect. It just depends on what really makes a strong league with the way the RPI works. And I'm sure you're familiar with with that, with the, you know, 25% for your record, 50% for your opponents, and then 25% for your opponents' opponents. With the way the RPI works, it's better to have less teams, sort of lower than than more than than just a few like really top teams, you know. So if you can have all your teams above 100, let's say, it becomes this virtuous cycle where you're all feeding off each other and all getting better and better. So I think that's kind of where we're at, you know. Over the last four years, we've kind of averaged one team below 100, and I think that actually would change when you do the math and you kind of geek out and, and break down the numbers. If that team that's below 100 is playing in our league, they're no longer below 100, and so we can continually have nine teams in the top 100 teams that will kind of push everybody up further towards the top. And so I think nine or ten would be would be great numbers if you get bigger than that. Like the you know the, the conference we're chasing, obviously the ACC. It's very good in men's soccer and has a good history. And, and uh, Clemson, the, the current champions, are, are from that conference and very, very well-funded group. But they have, I think they have 14 or 16 teams in men's soccer and they break it down into two divisions and they've figured out a way to um, maximize their RPI. And I think we would have to do the same if we got bigger. But I think for a, for a bare minimum, nine teams with eight games plus the conference tournament, is um, I think that's a great number. Chris Grassi, my guest. It's a fun um, we'll get you back in here soon to, to talk over it again. Um, I'm looking forward to when the release goes out. We can uh, we can really officially say, hey, here's the here's what soccer looks like in the Sun Belt. We get everybody excited. Now I know it's going to be different for the for the women's side, but it sounds like on the men's side, it's going to be really exciting for this league to to reform soccer and and really go after it and be one of the top leagues right off, yeah, you know, right starting. I mean, you're hitting the ground running. One of the top soccer leagues. And it's not even uh, official yet, right? I mean, they haven't even sent a press release. It's the top league. 
That's right. That's right. And we're, we're pretty excited about it. Good talking to you again. Uh, we'll do it again soon. I'll um, I'll try to make sure Ryan Sirk's not here. Um, <laughs> he, he's had to sing for me a couple of times. I just want to let you know that. he's um, He's learned his lesson, but... I appreciate you teaching me that discipline technique to make him sing when he's late. Yeah, you know, his, his favorites, he always sings Disney uh, Disney show tunes, so you just got to be careful with that. He sang Lion King for me the last time it was late. He hasn't been late <laughs> since. <laughs> Sounds like suck. Good talking to you. Have fun on Saturday. We'll Good see you on. soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Chris Grassy, Hurd's taking on Ohio State. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our text line is open for you as well. You want to be a part of that, it's 304-523-2275. More coming up, it's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Welcome back. Paul Swan, your host for this Friday edition. Hope you're enjoying your kickoff to the weekend. We're going to get you set now with some martial football on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to also give you an opportunity to be a part of the program. Our text line is open 304-523-2275-304-523. 2275. Now, if you can't do that, you're listening to us on the podcast, and thank you, however you're listening. If you're listening on the podcast and you can't text because, well, I'm not going to be here to read it, you can tweet at me, at Paul Swan, at Paul Swan. That would be something to keep an eye on because I retweet things sometimes. I find out things sometimes, and you know what? You've got an opportunity to uh, to figure out what we're doing. Like, for example, I just retweeted and put out there that Ashley Tudor, uh, the ink is uh, dry as we speak. So Ashley Tudor is now a member of the Thundering Herd. And earlier today, we were talking about Savannah Wheeler on Twitter. So, you know, some of you kind of shaking your head a little bit about that. She's going to Middle Tennessee. She was sporting the Middle Tennessee gear and stay in Conference USA. So was it a better opportunity, a better fit for her. You wanted to maybe uh, branch out a little bit. Does uh, Middle Tennessee offer something that Marshall doesn't? Just want to change a venue. You know, is there some uh, name, image, and likening opportunities out there for Savannah Wheeler if she is uh, in a different color uniform? She's in a different venue. I mean, what's going through her head? So some of you were kind of speculating on that. And again, you know, sometimes people, and this is a general comment, sometimes people get good advice. And sometimes people get bad advice. And sometimes the people giving you the good advice or the bad advice are related to you. So you're getting advice from friends, family, not necessarily because it's advice, it's good, and not necessarily is it bad. So I don't know if you just wake up and go, you know what, I think I'm going to go get some NIL money. Maybe you do. I don't know. Or, hey, I think this is going to be a better opportunity for me. I need more playing time. Getting it here. You know, there's a, a vast, vast ocean of reasons we could talk about. But ultimately, whatever the student athlete decides makes them happy, makes that person happy. We're here for it. But again, uh, as uh, we mentioned, 
It is official. Marshall University putting it out on the women's team. Ashley Tudor. She is now signed with the herd. And we'll have more about her and what's happening with Marshall women's basketball next week as uh, we'll definitely get Coach Kemper back on the program. Let's talk a little football. Of course, spring practice, that's going to be happening for the next few weeks. And we'll wrap it all up with the spring game. And one position I think that we're all excited about trying to see how the herd can improve is defense. And had a chance to speak with Lance Guidry. He talked a little bit when we talked to him about what he is most excited for with a new group of people. You know, start with the coaching staff, Coach Jackson. Of course, he played at LSU. He's an Alabama guy uh, from Mobile. I watched him play, uh, really admired the way he played. He was an overachiever, a uh, really good player at LSU, won a national championship, and then, of course, played in the NFL. And then he's been coaching at Kansas and different places. So he brought in some new ideas in the secondary, which I'm excited about. And you always got to learn, no matter how long you've been doing it, you open up your brain to new ideas. So I'm excited to have him here. But Coach Street still is with the defensive line and Coach Morrison, which is Marshall guys. So uh, we're excited with that. For us, on the, uh, for as the players go, we got a couple new safeties in. Uh, Andre Sam uh, from my alma mater, McNeese State, who's all-conference player there. Uh, and then Isaiah Norman, a really good player, can play corner, can play safety. Uh, so I'm excited about those two guys. And we've got some guys up front. It's going to add some depth. So uh, it's going to be very, very um, – going to be very interesting to spring up front especially you know we need some guys to step up and they got some other guys that may take their spots so uh it's going to be a lot of competition that's what we like to hear a lot of competition out there now one player that was of interest to those in attendance was steven gilmore here's coach's thoughts on him just working on the little things you know he's always kind of got a magnet on his chest for the football especially at practice he makes a bunch of turnovers but just getting his eyes in the right spot and just the technical things. And so we've been doing a lot of cut-up films of college guys, NFL guys, bring up his brother a lot of times and watch the way that he played things. And uh, so Coach is doing a great job with them, and there's an automatic respect when Coach Jackson's talking because they know he's been where they want to be. So uh, it's been a really good uh, learning thing for, for Steven. So. Now I was curious, on the offensive side of the ball, you've got a young room of quarterbacks. You don't have a veteran in that room just yet. You have youth. You have inexperience as far as being a college quarterback. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you've got a little bit more leadership in some key positions. And I asked Coach about this. It's, you know, How do you feel about the leadership in your room? And he talked about uh, some of the guys that he's, uh, he's looking at as far as where that leadership's coming from. Eli Neal is going to be a big leader for us this year. Uh, he started to be last year, you know. But anytime you have guys that are new or guys that have their first time starting or getting a lot, a lot of snaps, sometimes they're, you know, they're they're kind of on shaky ground a little bit, especially with some older guys. Don't know if they can really voice their opinions much. But now these guys in year two and some guys have been starting for a while, um, you can see them starting to to do that. I think Abraham will be a guy in the sec- secondary along with uh, Gilmore. He'll provide some leadership. And up front, I think uh, Legs, Legs would do it. Legs, uh, of course, transferred into us from Austin P last year. He's doing a good job of leadership right now. So I'm excited with the guys we have. 
Yeah, it should be. Year two of the uh, Charles Huff era of Marshall football. A lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement here. Now, you're also going into the Sun Belt, so you got to get ready for a new league. So you've got year two, which really feels like year one plus, only because you get a fully first taste of what maybe a recruiting class under Coach Huff and his staff looks like. You know, so you, you get to see that. The cupboard wasn't bare last season, but you know, now you're stocking it up. You're putting into place things that you hope will grow and be fruitful for you. And you're going into a new league. So everybody's new. Everybody's new. You don't know really. And I think it's fair to say, because when you talk to Coach Huff, it's fair to say that we're not going to see the Thundering Herd team that we saw last season ever again because that team doesn't exist anymore. It's not the same team coming up. So it doesn't matter. I mean, now there, there's similar programs, you know, programs depending on you know what kind of consistency those programs have. I mean, you're going up against programs, but as far as the teams are concerned, it's going to be completely different year to year. But yeah, so you got to balance that out a little bit. Okay, this is what this program does, but the personnel might change. At the same time, you look at now you're going into the Sun Belt. How drastic of a change is this going to be? What kind of offenses are you going to see? I mean, are we going to see some wishbones here? What are we going to see? Are we going to see uh, the wing T? What are we going to see here? Student body right? What are we going to see here? Are we going to see uh, West Coast offense? I mean, we're going to see the Wildcat. What are we going to see here? We're going to see, I don't know. Yeah, Is it going to be run, 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 pass, pass, pass? What, what are we going to see here? Well, Lance talked about what we're going to see, just getting ready for the Sunbelt offenses. He, and he was asked, is there really any blueprint to get ready for the Sunbelt offenses? And, you know, the way he talked about it, you know, football's football, right? Here's how he broke it down. Uh, not really. It's all about the same. You might have a uh, little bit more athletic quarterbacks, like you saw with the UL kids. So you have some guys that can run the football. Of course, Georgia Southern was option offense. They'll be changing, but you'll see some athletes on the outside. Um, so the speed may be a little bit different. Might have some more teams with a little bit speed, but I think the size would be very comparable. But it's it's gonna be like playing a UAB or Western Kentucky every week. I mean, you're gonna have to strap it up and get ready to play. But I mean. These guys played really well. You take away the Western Kentucky second half, we've been in every game and really had a chance to win every game we've been in. Um, we just wasn't there yet. I don't think we played complimentary football all the time. You know, we had third quarters where we did a lot of good things on defense, but maybe we didn't score enough. Or sometimes we were up on offense in the fourth quarter and we didn't hold up, you know, our end in the fourth quarter. So uh, just playing better complimentary football. But I think we're a lot closer right now than we were a year ago. We're listening to comments from Marshall defensive coordinator and safeties coach Lance Gidry. And finally, he mentioned Eli Neal earlier in some of his comments. He talked a little bit more specifically about Eli Neal. Also talked a little bit more about those linebackers of his. Well, you know, he, he's uh, he's voicing his opinion a little bit more, but I told him whenever you talk, you got to be ready to to take it back, you know, they may give it back to you. So you got to be example all the time. So if you're going to go out and be a leader, you got to walk the walk. You got to talk the talk. You're going to walk the walk. So uh, that's his biggest thing is what he preaches. He has to do as well. But you can see it through the course of the year, him doing that 
course, early on in the Navy game, he had a bunch of sacks. And so from a playing uh, aspect, he did that. But now he's starting to be really a team leader. But I think Bo Plan will also as well. So we feel like we got him and also Charlie Gray. We got three really good linebackers in there that's kind of got to be the meat of the team on defense. So sad. All right. Meaty team. Meat of the team. It should be a, a interesting next few weeks. Of course, we'll have to see the spring game. Hopefully at Jones C. Edwards Stadium, and hopefully everyone will get um, a good look at what the Thundering Herd looks like as uh, this will catapult everything into the upcoming season. Quick timeout, and we'll wrap it up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It's our final segment of this edition of The Drive for Friday, April 1st. Don't forget, I know it's a busy weekend for you. A lot of opportunities for you to go out and support the herd. If you're going to be out and about, you can't maybe get your TV. We've got you covered. Final Four is coming up this weekend. It'll be right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then we'll have the National Championship on Monday. So we've got... All the games on Saturday, and we've got you covered for the championship as well. So, you know what? Go outside. Take a radio with you. Enjoy your day on Saturday. Take a radio with you. You know what? Go have that drive. Roll the windows down. Enjoy the weather. Hopefully, it's going to be good. Enjoy it. Have your radio on. Go buy a, a portable radio. Go hang out. Maybe take a, a nice little stroll down the road here you can you can listen to it on your radio you can go to the riverfront maybe you can listen to the games I mean, wherever you go or if you gotta you gotta make a quick run to, to I don't know you gotta make a quick run to roosters or something we'll have the games for you on the radio you won't miss a thing so that's coming up on Saturday and then again we'll have the championship on Monday and then right after that we finally get to talk baseball we get to talk about baseball Thundering Herd Baseball, by the way, on the road this weekend. Keep an eye on HerdZone.com and, of course, the Thundering Herd social media accounts for score updates there. As the Thundering Herd uh, would like to uh, get some wins in Conference USA, try to bounce back from the loss the other day against West Virginia. That's going to do it for this edition. Back on Monday, programming note, we're here in studio. Our summer-spring hiatus begins from the Union Pub and Grill. So we're going to miss Herb. We're going to miss Herb and the gang for a while. We'll be back soon, but back here on Monday in studio. So looking forward to that. Of course, we'll get your phone calls and texts in on Monday. And if you missed the opportunity to talk to me earlier, you want to try to reach out to me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. And that's going to do it for this edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.